everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. This is Nerds Talk About the Boys, the show where we do exactly what the fuck we say we're going to do. I am uh, Hitch. And I'm DP. And today we're going to talk about the fucking boys. Hey, everybody. So this is uh, <laughs> this is a real big episode for us. It's a big deal because it's the season finale of the boys season. Oh, man. Uh, season, you know, what a season. I know. That it's fleeting because, you know, TV is different than it used to be when we were... When we were kids. When I was a boy, TV. <laughs> when I was a boy, you got 35 episodes on your TV show. And I used to come and change the yeah. channel by the, the, the knob. <laughs> I used to actually have to get up from the um couch. Back when I was a kid. Back oh. when you could put your feet against the TV because it was a piece of furniture. <laughs> uh, okay. So things are different now. Now we get eight, eight episode seasons and they spend trillions of dollars on them and they look amazing and everything's like, uh, you know, what a movie you know more than a movie would have been in the 90s it's really ridiculous uh the boys season two has accomplished a lot of really incredible feats for a show that's essentially about you know gore splatter and you know sort of the um the macabre reality of what the human body what happens to the human body (laughs) under extreme stress right is kind of what you know it's pulp with humor you know pulp very 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 pulpy to say the least you know yeah, and, 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 and for me, this is a great season, you know, overall. I'm feeling very positive about this show as far as uh, its maturity, the things it decided to do. I'm feeling very positive about the story that it decided to tell, and I'm feeling very positive about the characters it's created. Well, well, I, I guess um, where, where, where you're coming from with that, Hitch, is that you don't really, when you see superheroes in, like, costumes mm-hmm. or, like, cosplay costumes of, of heroes you don't really recognize... Uh-huh. Um, or even some that you recognize because we're so used to Marvel, you know, stuff, you know, on screen, DC stuff, anything superhero related. Mm-hmm. You don't really get that seriousness. You don't really get that, you know, that that meat and bone stuff that, that you would expect, especially from the Marvel stuff that's out in the movies. Yeah. You get real cookie cutter Disney type, you know, because it's owned by Disney. Yeah. Um, Marvel stuff, which is highly entertaining. But when you watch this show, you're half expecting one thing. But man, it just turns around and hits you over the head with something else. This is a it it, it, it they were brave this year, and I'm glad that they oh, were yeah. because you know this is a real you know we talk about like when are you watching this this video that we're doing, and this is a real fraught time in <laughs> 2020, right? When this series is airing, uh, a lot of really sort of like prescient current allegorical themes that are being thrown around here too, and a lot of really non you know less light-handed <laughs> right, right, right. It's very direct stuff um before we get any further into this since we forgot to do it up front why don't you tell everybody where they can find us we're still under five so i think we're good this is still the all intro. right exactly so make sure that you guys go to nerdsacclopedia.com you're going to see all of our um uh where you can find us all over social media on facebook and also on instagram and also on um twitter at had at uh, hashtag at um nerdcyclopedia um, also, make sure that you are watching us right now and click on that subscribe button. Tell your friends to click. You know, tell your 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 neighbors to click. Anybody <laughs> that you know, tell them to click on that subscribe button if they like nerds talking about different things. Yeah. Right now, we're talking about the boys. Make sure they click that notification because as soon as you do, mm-hmm. when we post a video, you know about it. Make sure that you're also subscribing to us on all our podcast uh, outlets and platforms: Apple Music, um, Spotify, TuneIn. Uh, wherever you find your favorite podcast, you know, Google Play, wherever you find your pa- uh, favorite podcast, we are there. We are everywhere. Just like the uh, the, the man that can run faster than light. A-Train! was everywhere. Ah, it just takes me an hour to run around and find you guys. It's, it's hilarious <laughs> stuff. So uh, let's talk a little bit about, you know, let's talk a little bit about A-Train. Because his piece in this is really sort of, it's not super big, but it's important, right? Where A-Train... Mm-hmm. So A Train is getting is getting played by the Church of the Collective, and he knows it. So he he goes into their archives and steals all of, you know, Stormfront's dirt, and decides to give it to the media through Starlight. Mm-hmm. So he runs he runs around and he, he finds you know Starlight and Huey in the car listening to Billy Joel. And he calls them shitbirds and they like scream and get out of the car. It's really really <laughs> it's a really funny scene. I really enjoyed the whole the shitbirds line for sure. 
it seemed like exactly what that dude would say. It made me. Oh yeah, me yeah, laugh. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 crazy how he's pretty much like you know um uh well he is pretty much the Flash, mm-hmm. but as if the Flash was just like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> if the Flash is an asshole, an asshole like professional kind of pro athlete, you know what I mean? Living the high life a little bit, the entourage. Like there, there's that scene with all the uh, with the entourage where he's throwing money around like this. Uh, I guess the seven's probably pretty pretty well paid. You would imagine. The seven well doesn't really do a lot of superhero. <laughs> no, they're just they're props, right? I mean, they're about they do about as much rescuing as Mark Ruffalo does, or like you okay, know, actually Robert okay. Downey Jr. Oh, right. does. Yeah, you you right about that. They do less <laughs> rescuing than Harrison Ford, who's who's been known to pilot some rescue, rescue vehicles. So, you know, uh, hey, these guys I'll, are just they're just so movie much they heroes. Do. They're mm-hmm. movie heroes that can actually do the stuff. It's like when you know. When, when movies first started being made okay. uh, 100, 120 years ago, uh-huh. they went to vaudeville and they ha- they found these people that had these incredible talents, these, these acts that they would do, mm-hmm. and, and, and they, they filmed them, right? And so they would film them and then they'd do the act once and they could reproduce it over and over and over and over and over forever, right? Mm-hmm. And so you know what that did to vaudeville? They murdered it. Murdered it dead. <laughs> because guess what? An act like that is only cool when you see it one time. The superheroes in the boys' universe are like the ultimate geek act, almost. You know what I mean? Like they're the mm-hmm. ultimate sideshow attraction. Yep. And some of how, you know, we're conditioned to sort of feel like people would be against the supers because of books like X Men, right. where that happens, right? Where there is sort of a backlash against superheroes, and we're like Civil yeah. War. Right. So we're sort of conditioned to believe that that's true. Uh, it is interesting to see, like what what these guys consider leverage, right? Like mm-hmm. how bad does the dirt have to be? Like there, there's a there's the live 4K video of Homelander doing that thing where he goes ooh and then blasts you know the supervillain and the person the, uh, yeah, ran, the rando yeah. that's just hanging out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, video is yeah. on tape, but you know. Well, you, you, you got a lot of uh, a bunch of um, soups, you know, with flaws, basically real human flaws. So uh, whereas we're taught, you know, by um, Stan Lee or, you know, um, Jack Kirby or your, your favorite, you know, uh, um, creators of superheroes, Jerry Siegel, so Joe Seuss or Bob Kane, uh-huh. um, Bill Finger, uh, we're taught that heroes are supposed to act a certain way. They're supposed to be, you know, held in a high esteem or, you know, to, to, to fight that good fight, you know, not be bad, you know, um, carry those themes that will sort of like, you know, let kids know that um, these are the people that you should look up to. You should have a, a, a defined sense of right, a defined sense of wrong. There's no in between. There's no black and white, mm-hmm. you know, with superheroes. Um, really up until uh, maybe like the, the 70s and 80s where okay. it was a gray area that started, you know, waning where, okay, we taught it. We, 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 um, we read enough about these superheroes um, just being black and white. Mm-hmm. Now let's actually dig deep and, you know, get into the, to the, to the deepness and um, um, of how actual person is behind like the mask and everything. And you got like, um, you know, the Batman, uh, Neil Adams, he came with his, you know, um, um, different way, uh, uh, Danny O'Neill, mm-hmm. you know, started writing them. Uh, Watchmen, Alan Moore, Dave Gibbons, they started making their takes and stuff. The you know Frank Miller, Dark Knight, all the way up until right now, where the boys is really just an extension of everything that came beforehand and saying it's pretty much just saying, okay, we can't go back to where we were before, right. but this is the way we're going forward with um, defining what heroes are. I think that the one thing about the boys that's different from Batman and Superman and everything else. Is that like you know, Tony Stark and Bruce Wayne were rich, then they became superheroes, right? Mm-hmm. They, right. they 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 achieve they had I don't want to say achievement because it's inherited wealth and let's be honest about that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> that's, enough disper- <laughs> that's enough aspersions on the Wayne family. They're all they're obviously good for Gotham. Uh, all right, so you've got these guys who are already rich and they use their fortune to finance superheroism. But this is the inversion of that life because the Vought superheroes are poor and use their superheroism to become rich. So what mm-hmm. Vought is, is the Batman piece of Wayne Industries spun off and done for profit. Right. And it's crazy. And it's crazy, crazy effective because of course it is. Because of course if you hold a gun to someone's head, they're going to give you their money, right? And what is Homelander? <laughs> and what is Homelander? What is Stormfront? What are these guys except for guns they're holding against everybody's head? 
Yeah, I mean, they're pretty much they they can walk around and do. And I mean, I, I think they I can said do anything they want, right? Yeah, after episode that they're pretty much not they're holding themselves back because right. they could do a whole lot more. You know, we see like um, A Train at the beginning of the first season on the first episode run through somebody and pretty much get away with it. Now, how is that possible? You know, <laughs> friends in high places, man, or just or the way impunity works in the real world. Buckets uh, and buckets and buckets of money. Just yeah. just lots of money. So how did you feel about this final episode? I felt like this episode brought a couple things full circle and really, you know, answered a question for me, which is how far are they willing to let Stormfront go? Right. How far are they willing to let this get before, you know, there's going to be some backlash. And look. She's right about one thing. People hate fucking Nazis. If you said, <laughs> if you did a poll, what do you think about the Nazi party? My guess is probably not going to poll real great, right? Okay. Yeah, I mean, there may be a couple points here and there. There's crazies out there, but not going to poll real great. I think this line is, this line is what is interesting to me because what, what the allegory of this season has laid bare is that if you allow this sort of prejudicial, you know, racism, into mm-hmm. your into your milieu if you let some of that peanut butter into your chocolate you can't get it out you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's like you know that what's that that shakespeare line out damn spot out you can't mm-hmm. you can't just go okay it's fine i mean right. homelander's never going to be the same again now like his relationship with the world is going to be different and you know one thing that i was not expecting this year to be was mm-hmm. an, an intense meditation on machiavelli <laughs> intense and here's and here's what i mean by that so machiavelli is this political philosopher and he wrote this treatise called the prince just to name check it so everyone knows i do remember the name uh <laughs> and basically the idea of the prince is he was writing a letter to to his prince the prince of uh, of where he was saying i need to justify your behavior <laughs> and so i have to like write all this crazy stuff so machiavelli says that it is better to be feared than loved right Mm -hmm. for a Mm -hmm. leader for someone who's in charge it's better to be feared than loved you would rather have your people feel you know uh unable to do anything to resist you than willingly want to want to love you and homelander's kink is -hmm. that he needs the admiration he he needs that admiration he needs that adulation you know he needs that He's a praise junkie. It's so easy. It's like he can just be manipulated so easy, which is exactly what Stillwell did to him last year. And to be honest, if it weren't for what is seems like burgeoning almost real feelings of affection for Ryan, like real, I, I'm yeah, yeah. That that that, that when that when they when he um when Ryan was getting inundated with um all this sensory stuff when he was at when they were at the um the um the vault mm-hmm. uh you know, playpen or whatever, you know, yeah, restaurant yeah. or what have you. He was getting inundated with all this stuff because of Stormfront and Homelander being recognized. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw a bit of empathy, you know, some sense of softness in a way from um, Homelander. You know, he looked at the boy and said, okay, well, this is not the proper place for him. Something that we don't, wouldn't expect Homelander to do to have any type of em- empathetic behavior for anyone. Took him right up, got him out the way mm-hmm. of all the um, the crowd and everything and got him away from there. And Stormfront looked at him. He was like, she was like, uh, okay, not what I expected. So I don't have total control over this guy as of yet. You know, that was, um, that was looks to me, that's what the look that she gave him, mm-hmm. you know, when she, you know, saw him, you know, go off like that. And what does Homelander say, you know, to, to Ryan once he's, once he's prompted to do so, he says, mm-hmm. look, this happened to me when I was little, you know, he shares, he shares this moment of, of connection with Ryan. And he says, the doctors, the people that raised me were afraid of me. They would never let me do anything. Right. And he, like I like I was saying, because of the fear, right? He doesn't have to work to be feared. He is yeah. Genghis Khan just being around. You know what I mean? Nobody is going to mess with him. Right. So he doesn't have to work at that. He has no fear of any sort of threat whatsoever. And so the right. only thing that can move the needle for him is voluntary love. And that's the only reason he gives a shit about literally any of us and let me ask you a question dp because this mm-hmm. is this is a, how is that any different from any god in any other religion as far as how we're told that is their disposition toward us yeah they we we have to we have their um 
a guys that you know, if I, I guess what you're saying is guys have to be feared. <laughs> well, what I'm saying you know, is that what I'm saying is that for Zeus, for mm-hmm. pantheistic religions, mm-hmm. and let's so let's not get to anything monotheistic because that's a little, it's a little bit different, and I think that that's a different mm-hmm. that's not the same comparison I'm making here. So let's talk about okay. the you know the pantheon of gods, so the Mediterranean gods. Uh, Homelander is a lot like like Zeus, right? And the okay. deal was the deal was okay, Athens, you're gonna build a statue to me, you're gonna worship me. And I'm going to keep Krakens and the Persians and everybody else from coming in here and destroying the city. And that is mm-hmm. the deal. And Athens had this deal with Athena. And, and there, were, mm-hmm. there were all these sorts of really intimate relationships with the city-states and in, in, um, in myth or whatever. Mm-hmm. They all have their own independent, like, uh, you know, um, like patron deity, right? Okay. And Homelander seems to be saying, I am the patron deity of America. And the deal is, you worship me. And I will keep everything safe. And that is why it's so unctuous to see, you know, from last season, you remember the mixture of faith and, you know, the superheroism and this whole sort of God's will and divine right, you know, of superpowers. Now that has been destroyed and Mm -hmm. Homelander is left. He's no longer being worshipped because Mm -hmm. he's no longer a God. He's a creation. So he is now feared and perhaps loved. So it's it's, it's really there's been a fundamental shift. And, and in a way that sort of puts it in a little bit of at odds with um, Stormfront's yes. agenda, because, you know, she wants to um, have everyone. Well, not everyone, but she definitely but not she, everybody. She, I mean, <laughs> definitely not everybody for Stormfront. Def, right? def, definitely not, not everybody. The Venn diagram is not the just, whole, just, the whole just of everybody. I mean, if you really look at it simplistically, so, you know, simplistically, simplistically, yeah. <laughs> She wants a, a, a portion of the population, whereas um, Homelander wants everyone. Mm-hmm. So that automatically comes at odds with, um, you know, their agendas and everything. Uh, we see um, in the conversation with Homelander, him, and um, Ryan, mm-hmm. um, um, Stormfront is just really just going off about, you know, Nazism and everything. Yeah. You know, talking about, um, you know, she she made the, what, what, what was it the line there that she made? You know, people don't aren't really don't. They don't want to kill us because of our skin color. It's a white genocide. Exactly, but she also said too, um, people um, like what we're talking about. They just don't like the word Nazi. They don't like the packaging. <laughs> and look, and look, here's here's the thing: is that that's one thing that Homelander has. He's got the packaging, right? And you can if you wrap something in an American flag, that doesn't necessarily make it patriotic. It just means it's wrapped in an American flag. Right. The, the, right. Homelander is the simulacrum of patriotism. Wrapped right. in the fist of of the sort of the might of of our country as a symbol, and and talking symbolically about these characters and and what they represent, I think it's if we're talking allegorically, obviously Stormfront represents this sort of racial superiority idea because she's all she's like the old school Nazi, and that's no. their deal. We all know right. it. Um, Homelander represents this sort of cultural superiority, mm-hmm. right? This sort of America, muscular, the Marvel movies, Hollywood, yeah. the yeah. dominance of the globe through a cultural homogeny. Mr. Edgar represents greed uh, and yes. how we're willing to yeah. do whatever we have to do. It, it doesn't matter what color you are or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just it, 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 the money's money green. and money rules money's over green. everything. <laughs> there's this line from um, there's this line from uh, ancient history where uh, Roman Emperor Trajan starts taxing the urine collectors. He starts mm-hmm. taxing like the pee, the pee people walk around and collect all the pee. And his son is like, what are you doing? This is disgusting. And he holds up a coin and he goes, money doesn't stink. <laughs> anyway. Great, great, lot. great. That's great. Mr. Edgar in a nutshell to me. Except the one thing he won't do for money is drink a fresco. And more power yeah. to him. Yeah, that's some nasty stuff to him and everything. Yeah. But we all, but but in that scene I was referring to with the three of them, yeah, um, home running it, um, uh, Stormfront. Um, she goes off spewing about, you know, Nazism and everything, but Homelander is noticing, you know, her in front of talking about all this in front of the boy and everything. And I don't know if he's getting this parental type. Okay. It's okay that you talk about this while the boy is not here a while, uh-huh. but to talk about this in front of my son, eh, I don't know. I don't know if he's ready or, you know, to, to come on that, you know, come in that, um, in that um, realm of thinking that, you know, they're, they're talking about because the boy doesn't really understand anything that she's talking about. Right, because why you know? would he? I mean, because he's yeah. never, you know, he, he's seen yeah. like eight people in his life. 
<laughs> but think about home, let's pretend that this is a stormfront's pitch to homelander right which we know was all about him and he's perfect and you know we want to love him right. this pitch here is about about the, the threat to the to the white race probably doesn't land super super hard on homelander because why would he be no. worried about the about any threat first of all right. to him yeah. <laughs> he's the most powerful being in the world why would he worried about yeah why exactly? Why would he be worried? I mean, that's about not. He's probably just like this isn't a great cell job. Like you know, this kid's immortal <laughs> and impervious to harm. You can't threaten him into doing what he wants. And then he sort of realizes, like, wait a minute, like what's this? What's she doing? I feel like that's that's the scene where he looks at her. And he's like, what? What? He yeah, kind of gives her yeah, one of those, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and, and it's a great scene yeah. too because it really defines the um, the, it puts a line between you know where Homelander is as this hyper narcissist, mm -hmm. you know, and where Storm, uh, Stormfront is like putting out her full agenda, mm -hmm. maybe so uh, too soon though. And more, maybe, maybe just overestimating how uh, well and, um, you know, in deep that she well, look, um, put Homelander in. This year is, you know, a year, a year, you know, in the year since Watchmen's come out, we've been using the word mask more than I ever thought in a million right. years we'd ever use it. So okay. we talk about taking off the mask, right? The mask comes off. One wonders if this is not the first time she said these words out loud to Homelander, and he's just like, "That sounds stupid. Like, there's no way. <laughs> like that, that, that's it. That's the goal. Because that's not an army of of supermen dominating the earth and and funneling all worship to me, Homelander, the god of the earth. That right. sounds to me like you're looking to reduce the population of the earth, and that's you know, and then you're looking to dilute my my um." But my blood, also, you know what I mean? More V, V, uh, exactly. It, it, but also, too, Homelander really is not about that. That's too much work for him, isn't it? That's right. You know, that's, that's, that's absolutely right. You want me to, you want me to lead an army for what? You know, that's mm -hmm. that's I, I'd rather just have people worship me. I, I'd rather go on TV and you know, um, you know, speak my style and everything and you know, talk my talk and everything. I don't want to do all this stuff. Um, that you really want me to do. Yep. I'm a hater of the human race. <laughs> the regulars, the normals. <laughs> the, the regulars. Yeah. I'm not, I don't really, it, it doesn't really concern me what color they are, black, white, Asian, you know, brown, purple, whatever. You know, they're all the same to me and everything. I just want them to love me. It's weakness you know, I hate. I hate me. weakness. I don't I care about the race. I hate so weakness. What talking about Stormfront is not really what, on, what what's on my radar and everything. And then he, he we, we see, you know, during the episode, He's 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 sort of like you know backs away. Well, not backs away, but sort of moves moves in a different direction than what she's doing. I like that when Maeve threatens him with uh, <laughs> releasing the video, his threat isn't "I'll kill you" and "I'll kill every" mm -hmm. he, he, or "I'll kill everyone you love." It's "I'll kill everyone," <laughs> not everyone you like. Everyone, everyone. <laughs> and I will destroy everything. And her retort just breaks him when it's that no one that's will ever love you it's that's his kryptonite that's his kryptonite he needs that's his to kryptonite. be loved and to your line yeah. about him being lazy you know Stillwell yeah. dies and instead of going and like you know finding another woman right which uh -huh. he seems to be able to do i mean I would mm. imagine, you know, he, he doesn't have oh, any yeah. qualms about forcing himself on somebody not, not, he doesn't not, have to. <laughs> not, not really he takes the easy way out and embraces the simulacrum, right? The Im the empty hollow shell image of of uh, Stillwell with the yeah. shapeshifter. And yeah. at the end of the show, the last scene of the whole of the whole series so far is him jacking off on the Chrysler building, right? I mean, that's the easy way out too, isn't it? I mean, it's 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 a it's a coward's way. At the end of the day, mm. the guy has no emotional maturity whatsoever, and he's pretty much just reacting to different situations and of course he's going to be more you know in tune to having everybody just love or wanting to you know have everyone love him and trying to seek that in this way homelander is not going to change mm -hmm. you know um in a way you could probably bring him over to like the 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 the, the light side you know if you do it in a um you know really crazy type of way and everything mm -hmm. you know instead of him being on the dark side um of where stormfront is he he doesn't have that emotional maturity and that um, mental uh, uh, dexterity and everything to even get on the same level of where Stormfront is. And I think that ultimately, it's not that complicated for him. <laughs> ultimately, there's only one. He only cares about Ryan. I think that if if we look at 
his relationship with any other character and, and his using them, the only person that he shows any sort of genuine right. empathy toward is Ryan. Right. Um, right. So this is the key to him. And would he, let me, this is the question, right? Because this is essentially, let's say Homelander goes down the path where he's going to brutalize Ryan and push him, you know, do the evil Batman thing and make him a Robin, right? Like mold right. him into something that right. he wants. The end of that is just Ryan killing him eventually when he's too older and he starts yeah. that, yeah. you know. It's, it's, it's already that rage there. So we, we see at the, um, 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 towards the end scene and every, or, you know, towards the end of the episode to where Ryan has to make a decision whether to come with Homelander or go with, um, or not go with home or, or not go with Homelander. Cause he hasn't really made a decision to go with Billy at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's just making the decision not to go with Homelander because she, he realizes that that's the wrong influence. And he really has his mom inside him at his point, at this point, that good side of, um, of of Ryan of what um um Homelander maybe wish he had um but does not he does have he because he wasn't raised by a mom Homelander does not have any type of wherewithal of where Ryan is coming coming from as far as that well what so, what has he been robbed of is is this childhood is this unconditional yeah. love that Ryan has right yeah and it's that hole yeah. that hole that's this this like gravity hole this black hole in his chest where he just needs more affection and needs more acceptance and needs more love. And he will do what he has to do to get it. Everything from ordering flowers to burning down a trailer to wiping out all non-whites. Everything he needs to do, <laughs> he's willing to do, right? I could, so, I mean, I was, like, jokingly saying that he was whipped last week because he was taking her to meet, you know, <laughs> taking storefront to meet his, like, son and stuff. But it's interesting to see this, like... Um, to see that mini dynamic play out, right? Where finally, yeah, yeah, you know, Ryan doesn't yeah. have an advantage over. He doesn't have like an angle or leverage or a plan. He just no. he is the he has he's to a be kid. the end of, of he has to be the end of, of in itself, right? For Homelander, he's a he's a kid who wants to be loved as well, you know. But he's not wanting to be worshipped, or you know, he just wants the attention. Uh, his mom, because it, you know, when they take him away from his mom, you know, that connection is still so strong. Mm-hmm that, you know, he's wanting his mom back in the picture and everything because it makes no sense as to why he's been taken away. He didn't really have that much time spent with Homelander as his dad and everything, even though he knows that he came from him and everything. Um, So, of course, he's going to have this natural connection to his mom. And then when we see where he accidentally, you know, kills her at the end there, (laughs) you know, we get like a really great emotional scene, you know, uh, if we're talking about... um, how things are going towards how Billy is reacting mm-hmm. to like a lot of things. We get a really great emotional um, scene with Billy uh, reacting to um, Rebecca being, you know, killed by her, you know, her son. Mm-hmm. We get the, the complication of Billy not liking soups, um, the complication of Billy um, being in love with, you know, Rebecca mm-hmm. and being killed and, and having that soup that he um, doesn't want around, you know, Ryan, which is Ryan and everything, had be the one to actually, you know, kill you know, Rebecca and having the, to, to, the further complication of hating Homelander so much that he's definitely not going to let, um, um, you know, him get a hold of Ryan, right. you know, because of the promise that, you know, he made to Rebecca. Right. I, I, I absolutely agree as far as, like, what's really interesting about, about Butcher is when he picks up that crowbar and, like, what's he going to do with it? And oh, when when he oh, he's walking toward he's walking toward Homelander with that thing. That, 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 I, I was I was paying attention well, to the, the blocking of that scene, and it looked like yeah, he was walking yeah. away from Rebecca toward Homelander, not Ryan with that thing. Well, 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 the way what, or no, no, he was walking toward store, toward Stumpfront, <laughs> which is what Stump they're calling everything. It. Yeah. Well, he he had a look, and the way I guess the camera and the, the editing, it made it seem like he was. Uh, really mad at Ryan. You know, Ryan was crying and saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, no, 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 and everything. He grabbed the crowbar, um, and it almost made it seem like he was going about to go after Ryan, and then here comes Homelander, yeah. you know, and then um, Homelander, you know, spouts his thing off, um, come with me, come with me, Ryan, and everything. Ryan says, no, you know, I'm not coming toward, you know, coming to you. Um, he's going towards Billy, and Billy's still with the um, crowbar in his hand, Possibly, and, and like I said, this is maybe subject to interpretation. So Billy was probably going to use it on um, um, Ryan for whatever reason. I think he was going to use it on. I think he was going to finish off Stormfront. Is what I think uh, he was trying you're, to do. You're probably probably right, you know. But but had, 
I, I guess it's a great way of uh, the way Carl Urban act, you know, was acting in the scene because the halves makes you think that you know he wanted to really get revenge on Ryan because he killed the love of his life. Well, you know, even though it was accident and well, everything, think, he killed the love of his let's life. Let's think about you know the, the original story that Butcher was told, which is that uh-huh. that the baby crawled its way out of his wife and killed her. Right? Is this mm-hmm. is this any different? I mean, is the the place where he is now? Right, he's met right, the kid right. and for, basically forgiven right. him, I would say, the given right. him the St. Christopher medallion is that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, his wife is still dead. It's still essentially oh. the same mechanism. Why the hell would he stop trying to kill Homelander, even for one second? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he has a crowbar and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we get, like, okay, a little flicker in his eye. Maybe I should go after the kid. But um, the Homelander is really the the the... the the eye of the, you know, the, he got his eyes on the prize, mm-hmm. but Homelander, I mean, obviously, you know, um, he can't defeat Homelander or anything like that, but he has a crowbar and gets the kid to walk, or the kid is walking towards him, mm-hmm. and, you know, we, we know that, that Rebecca made um, home, uh, Homelander, Billy promised to take care of Ryan, right. to take care of, so in that instance, um, Billy is like, no, I'm protecting this kid, because the kid, at the end of the day, is innocent it's of all kid. You know, he really he is, you know, and it's, he's innocent of everything. And it's interesting you know? that that isolating him from all of the VOD stuff is what really pays off here because he's not starstruck by by Homelander. He's just some blonde no. guy. You know what I mean? He's not, not starstruck all. by Stormfront. He's not in a position where all these with all these other people in mm-hmm. Planet VOD or VOD World or whatever they're calling the Planet Hollywood. I guess that's like, like <laughs> you know, it's like uh, Bruce Willis walks into yeah. Planet Hollywood yeah. and be like, what the heck? John Travolta walks in. You're like, yeah, it's three in the morning, and he's with a bunch of dudes. Um, I I really thought that was an interesting scene, and we saw that the that that the gradual grouping of everyone around them, and Ryan doesn't get it because why would he? Mm-hmm. He doesn't ever see right. these movies. He doesn't understand any of this. He just sees the behavior and judges for himself whether someone's got his best interest at heart, and he can kind of tell they don't because he's been raised right, and he knows what real parenting is. Mm-hmm. And that maybe is the thing that's inoculated him the most against this bullshit is that he has not been subjected to the simulacrum of parenting, right? The, um, right. the wooden hug machine or whatever, you know what I mean? He's not been mm-hmm. subjected to that. He knows what real family is. He doesn't looking for right. a simulacrum. He's looking for the real thing and he'll know it when he gets there. And I think that is the point they've been trying to make is that Homelander is always searching for this love but he's searching for only the hollow echo of it, the clanging right, right. symbol. He's only right. able to see that. But Ryan has the eyes to see when it's bullshit or not. It will be a really interesting thing in future episodes. And I imagine at some point, um, depending on when these episodes, you know, these new seasons come out, they may have to have a time jump where um, uh, Ryan is older and has to really, you know, confront his dad. And it would be really interesting to see how that dynamic, because we see Homelander right now is a one, a pretty much a one note character. You know, he has a few notes outside of that. So I'm not going to say totally one note, but it'd be really interesting to see how a future dynamic where, you know, he has to really confront who his son is um, with who he is as a person, Mm -hmm. you know. And we may actually end up seeing more of an empathetic type of Homelander than the one that, you know, crashed the, um, uh, or let the plane crash and, you know, uh, uh, was imagining murdering like a whole bunch of um, um, folks and everything. So it'd be really interesting to see where they go as far as that, that whole dynamic. So one thing about it is that Homelander's not one of us. He's raised different. He's totally not, I mean, he's not... He doesn't have, like, this sort of frame of reference we all have, right? Like, where it's just, mm-hmm. you know, life and eating and dying, you know? It, right. he, we have all that, right. and he doesn't. But Ryan does. Ryan yeah. has all of that. And so mm-hmm. my thinking is we are going to love Ryan the most. Yes. Because he yes. isn't going to yes. give a shit about us. He's going to do the no. right thing all the time because that's mm-hmm. what he does, not because he gets rewarded with the most praise based on what people think is the right thing. Mm-hmm. So there's probably mm-hmm. going to be, you know, you would imagine he'll come out and he'll be doing the right thing, and Homelander will be manipulating the media. I mean, and there's then eventually, your Superman right there. Yeah, that that that's your your eventual Superman to be and everything. Now, if, you know, we had that right there. In uh, Homelander kills kills Rebecca. Homelander mm-hmm. kills Butcher. Now, mm-hmm. this is going to turn into a fight. This is what we used to call it: the war to the knife. <laughs> Someone, <laughs> two men enter, one man leaves. Right. 
man. Why would yeah. why would you want that? Uh, but you know, mm-hmm. this season is also really excellent because it introduced this sort of other other plot where where mm-hmm. we were sort of had a mystery about the the head explosions, the decapitation. Oh where... man. Okay. Yeah. That was like a, a left turn where you know we ended the episode with. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So so the AOC, you know, AOC is the uh, mm-hmm. Newman, 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 <laughs> Newman, Newman. Yeah. So yeah, Newman. Yeah. Is the, the 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 pimple popper right? The head popper. The the the, the head popper. Yeah. The head <laughs> head popper. She's in charge. Even though we seen Cindy, so they need to you know still go back to that and explain what what happened with Cindy. Who Cindy Wait, is? That was a that was a great is, fake out though. It really was. You know, it was a good red herring. Uh, I'm excited to see about the possibilities here because now that we know that this is a ruthless actor who's willing to just pop people like zits, uh, that anything she could probably do almost anything. I mean, this is an interesting. Yeah. You wonder if yeah. she could pop pop Homelander. I would imagine no, because why wouldn't it be done already? Right. Maybe, so but... see, there, there's always a limit to some, you know, some of these, um, you know, Soup's powers and everything. So it'll be it's interesting to see how much she has, um, um, you know, what control or how if, if her control is just totally, you know, um, mentally focused and Does everything. She Obviously, really Does she have to see him? Does she see him on CCTV? You know, I was pretty convinced that this was going to be this reveal was going to be Stan Edgar was the one who just could do this, and that's why everybody was so afraid of him. But it turns uh-huh. out everyone's just afraid of that guy because he's just super mercenary, and you can't you can't reason with him. He's like a Terminator with money. <laughs> yeah, that's scary enough. Uh, yeah, pretty. The much. The Church of the Collective, dude, and and I and I we've sort of I mean we've glazed over the Church of the Collective a little bit because. I guess we just we've had other stuff to talk about. Well, I mean, the the way they presented the storyline, it wasn't a really it was really uh, 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 it was, I guess, a funny subplot for the deep, you know, um, but it really didn't take or, or uh, it wasn't really major to what was going on in the main plot with Stormfront and everything that was going on with her. The the two didn't really mesh well. So, you know, so there's a church like this church that we all we're not going to uh-huh. say by name because we just don't don't want we don't want traffic that bad. <laughs> we would do that. But the uh, idea is that this, the idea of this church is that you tell them all their stuff, all the bad stuff you've done. And then they say, you're all right. Everything's fine. Now you got it out of you. Right. But they don't de- delete those files. They keep them. And they use mm-hmm. them for leverage. And so they can mm-hmm. get leverage over people like Stormfront and the deep and these powerful mm-hmm. people that they've taken into their confidence by saying, Oh, we're a safe, safe place to share with us. And now we're right, going to use right, this information. Right. And the mm-hmm. reason we needed to know about all this is because that's where all of the Nazi, the Nazi files come from. So we have to have them right. in this season. You know, you can't really right. can't really do without them. Uh, yeah, I was. They could have done a, a little better job with developing that as a um a, a connection to like you know the main subplot. I thought they was going to go a little bit more at the mm-hmm. end instead of just having you know the the pimple pop. The well, head it's the pop, red herring. You know, I, here's what I think. Here's what I think. <laughs> I think the Church of the Collective is a red herring in the way that you were supposed to think that that dude was the popper, right? Like, that's what I, I was thinking. If it's not Edgar, after Edgar just goes, look, I just want to make money. I don't really give a shit. What we got to do, who we got to kill, who we don't got to kill. Be nice, be not nice. Pay me. I don't care about anything else. And if you if you breathe, someone's going to shoot you in the head. I'm going to enjoy this cheese puff. That's pretty much his deal, right? <laughs> Everybody's terrified of him. Uh, uh, you know, it, <laughs> in this case, you know, things are a little bit different, right? Um, yeah. Um, how about Maeve? How oh, about, yes. Um, the spiral um, and then the bounce, right? Yes, yes. So Maeve yes. is spiraling. I love that they come into Maeve's apartment. And I also love that Starlight still has access to this. Like, it's just a locker room, you know what I mean? Like, it's a high school <laughs> locker room from, you know, she just graduated, like, you know, like last year. Ah, you can come in. You can come and say hi to everybody. Uh, I thought it was really cool that we see Maeve in this spiral of sex and drugs, and there's, like, like the bong just sitting there on the table. And she's just totally yeah. just doesn't care anymore because even if yeah she, she she's graduated from um doing the um uh, what do they call those the uh oh, man um uh, uh what do they call the, the things that they're smoking oh, now the vapes not yeah the vapes she okay they got the vape to the now, real stuff to, to the real cigarette right real right, flower right she's just like which is legal <laughs> in new york so you know no problem there <laughs> pretty much right <laughs> uh I love just seeing her like she's got this spiral and she was gonna she wants this freedom with Elena but now that's gone because Elena's like you left mm-hmm. those people too <laughs> like you oh just yeah left them. yeah yeah you don't you, get hey, you you got you don't get a pass yeah. because you had this 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 thing you could have did something mm-hmm. a little bit more than what you did um, instead of you know just letting Homelander just do that yeah. you know. But, so you were complicit in the situation. But as I love well. that I love her response here to Starlight, which is exactly what. 
what her yes. response should have been to this yes. video, which is, haven't I done enough? Haven't I done enough? Yes. I yes. mean, she didn't uh, crash the plane. She tr couldn't right. stop it from crashing, right? There's a she big difference right. between well, yeah. the Homelander yeah. crashed it. She just mm -hmm. couldn't fix it. She couldn't do anything about it, but she didn't um, sacrifice any, you know, herself or anything like and that. She's supposed she to did be. leave with Homelander. That's it's not like she could do anything about it, though. I feel like Maeve, Maeve should get most of a pass on that because Homelander is much more murderful. Oh yeah, <laughs> murderful yeah, yeah. than you yeah, would definitely. really think. Uh, um, I love this. I, I, love I love that. I love the whole. Uh, the the beat down on Stormfront scene is like oh awesome. yeah 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 I was about to say I love how she just just um you know about that scene with um Starlight and Huey how she just broke down Huey you know he's <laughs> he's a tweak or twig something like that she said you know I could break him like a um you know like like something or whatever she was just half, saying and he's like he's like crack yeah. you like fire, crack you in half like fire when he goes all right. <laughs> Because Huey's pretty much played for that, you know, really weak, um, you know, person. Even though we we know Huey has a lot of heart in he's him, he's physically you know? weak, but he's morally strong. Yeah, yeah, he's very morally strong, mm -hmm. and it takes um, it took a while for Butcher to see that. You know, Starlight saw that from him from the from the beginning. And everything. Yeah. If you really think about their dynamic, Starlight is the the um, the alpha. The, she saves the him. He's the damsel in distress. Yeah, exactly. He's the damsel. <laughs> And that's so great. And, and you know, we talked we talked earlier in this season. We were reviewing an episode about how, you know, in um, in a normal show, if you were going to name this show, you'd probably name it, you know, Starlight Annie versus the Nazis, right? Like if you were a CBS executive in 1986, right. that's what you'd call it. And <laughs> honestly, it's, it's 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 if you made the case that she's really the protagonist of this season, that like who really won over and over and over, it's Annie. I mean. She gets these. Okay. She gets okay. the Nazi files released on, okay. you know, on uh, on Stormfront because of her previous negotiations with A Train. She facilitated mm -hmm. all of that. She facilitated right. the product, the product V drop, which forced Vought to be upfront about all of this. Right? Imagine mm -hmm. a world where Annie doesn't drop that that knowledge bomb on us, and all of a sudden, members of the armed forces are developing superpowers. Ah, yeah. I mean, yeah. who has the power yeah. to give to do that? Only God. We must be God's chosen people. So Annie is the Annie's, maybe the frontline protagonist. A real, she's a real superhero. You know, Annie saves the world. <laughs> she really will do the right. She'll she, do the right she, thing. She she'll do. She's. I mean, she's the 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 seven member that you would want. You know, to actually represent. Um, because she's doing what a superhero should actually do, but she's actually doing it with her brain and everything. Yeah. You know. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I love me some Annie. So I, I, you can never go wrong with when she appears in the scene and does, you know, you know, the right thing. And it's, it's going to be some good action with her. I like that. She's wearing the cross at the end because, mm -hmm. you know, I yeah. feel like that signifies her faith in herself more than anything else, yeah. because ultimately who, who is responsible for her feats? You know, it's not some magic being in the sky. Oh. It's her. She's the one who's doing these things. Although, I, explain to me, okay, why is she back in the seven? Like, she, she, I can understand where Maeve is coming from because she hasn't really totally been out of that. But why Annie, though? Why, why does she feel that she, she has to go back into the seven, maybe undercover? She, she done done all these things with the, um, with the boys and everything. Um, she had the thing to chip taken out of her. But why does she feel that she has to go back to the seven? Well, because someone's going to take that spot if she doesn't. And, you know, the odds of it being somebody worse that doesn't have leverage over Homelander that can't make him do the uh -huh. right thing uh -huh. is pretty bad. You know, it's the same question that, you know, I know that I saw about, you know. Uh, so, 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 so we're going to have a, a third season with Maeve and um, Starlight just glaring at Homelander. <laughs> okay, so I don't think maybe that's essentially. <laughs> say, 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 anytime that you go, go get out of line, those two look at him. And he's just like just cowering back, does like the, does the shake okay, of the okay. you know the shake of the, the phone. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not going to be quite like that. But I think that she does okay. want it. But she actually wants to do the things the seven does. Like, that's the thing okay. is like, you know, she's not like Maeve where she's doing this because 
you know, it's her career, mm-hmm. like Homelander, where he's yeah. like genetically designed to do this. Annie wants to actually do the superhero bit. Like that's the thing she got into this to do. That's what she got into it for. Yeah, she's exactly. like Ricky Henderson. Okay. You know what I mean? She'll never retire until she has to. Right? She's like uh, the, the idea of the seven is why she's there. And if she, okay, I could see a scenario. Okay, given what you said, where she feel where she maybe ends up being like a leader in the mm-hmm. seven. Um, of changing the organization or you know the the team around into something that she can mold you know mold into her image and I could see um, Maeve being a champion of that and sort of just being being that Maeve is just so like you know down in the dumps depressed and everything she really needs something to believe yeah. in you know and um, Annie it'd be a really great art for her to make a turnaround in believing in Annie mm-hmm. you know because because at the end we see that she comes to her rescue right. Yeah, she shows up, and that again, just an incredibly awesome scene where they all just yes. beat Stormfront yes. down real yes. good, which is just put a put a mud hole stomping yeah. in people's arses. You the know, way that has that has oh. to happen sometimes. Sometimes oh, there's yeah, just yeah. no. At a certain point, there's no alternative to that. That is what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, ask yeah. A, the girl, 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 what they say, girls get it done. Yeah. They got it done. This episode, we can ask Neville yeah. Chamberlain about it. At a certain point, you gotta start doing some kicking. Uh, I, I really like the the Kamiko story in this episode where she overcame, yeah. you know, her fr- freezing up and laughed at Stormfront. And we right. see her and, and French and yeah. Frenchie sort of having this like a joie de vivre moment where they're like enjoying life again. And they're going to go dancing like it's the Matrix 2. <laughs> Which I, I, I apologize for that reference, but I can't think about whenever I think about people dancing for no reason in the show. I think about that scene where they're all jumping around. Uh, yeah, 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 anyway. yeah. I like um what else did I like? I like the scene where um uh, Becca, you know, comes into the lair, mm-hmm. you know, the the boys' lair and everything, and and you got like MM and Frenchie, you know, um giving her, you know, just indulging her and everything, and they're really just like um in awe of this is a person that's connected to Billy, who we really could really get some information from about who he right. is because Billy doesn't re- you know reveal anything about. <coughs> any parts of his personal stuff yep. and doesn't really show that lighter side of himself. So to have a person like Becca in the room, is like a godsend. It's like a prize and everything. They're feeding her with like, you know, um, cake, yep. you know, the sandwich um, she, um, they know she loves because they've heard all this stuff about her over and over. <laughs> they already know all the stuff she likes. I love that Huey comes in later and he's like, man, she's really great. Like out of nowhere, like extra. Out of nowhere and everything. And Rebecca, she's just like, okay, yeah, yeah that's, that's fine. Um, and then um, him and um, uh, she and um, uh, Billy go off to the side, mm-hmm. and we get the camera cut to the to the to the crew, you know, to the crew, you know, just looking at him. That's like, oh, this is so <laughs> sweet. We never seen this side of um, Billy, <laughs> and he's like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I mean, I love that scene. I, I thought it was pretty great. I do a lot of really great comic relief in this show, and that, that's definitely a, yeah. a really yeah. great example. I, it's, it's a great example of great writing, number one, and make you actually care about, you know, the characters in the show. One of my, my, my one of my measuring sticks in a really great show is when you can remember all the characters' names. Yep. You know, if you're fumbling around trying to figure out, okay, such such did this, such such did that, when you can actually, uh, um, in the show, in the season, all with knowing each character's name, mm-hmm. that means you've done a really great job writing-wise defining each character attribute so you can actually talk about it, which is what we're doing on this podcast. It makes it it's easy. A, it's really, yeah, it makes we it make easy. We make the easy Thank money you. here. This is what, <laughs> just the, we're, just, we're just scooping it up. I don't know if you guys know how lucrative this business is. Uh, thank, thank, thank you, writers of the board. <laughs> I agree. You know, we talked about, we name dropped The Wire last week, and this is the type of show that's like that, where, you know, there's a really deep cast of characters that you could see them adding significantly to the cast next year significantly yes. changing things around yes. totally and having a right. different configuration yeah. because yeah. like you said the writing is so good the characters are so unique that you can sort of mm-hmm. just say you know you can just sort of tell about them all at one they're three you can, they're, they're differentiated they're yeah they're three-dimensional and everything mm-hmm. I, I guess my only little uh, complaint maybe about this season is that i don't think we got enough of ml okay. you know he had a um 
he had an arc that sort of began last season that they didn't really expand on with his family and everything. We pretty much got, you know, an arc with Frenchie. We got an arc, of course, with Billy. We got, you know, we got Huey's arc mm-hmm. pretty much last season. We, But we got more of a develop with the romance um, and relationship of him and Starlight this season. And we got, you know, Starlight doing her thing. We got, um, um, you know, Homelander just being Homelander. Um, Stormfront, you know, you know, uh, Karate chopping herself into the scene, you know, into the scene. Kamiko and everything. I would have liked a little bit more of MM, um, um, and maybe his family, or just maybe you know how he's seeing a lot of things on you know, on his side. More of a three dimension thing on his character. Maybe we'll get a little bit more of that next season. But uh, I was a little bit disappointed on, on that end. If I, if I have to complain about anything about this season, well, the only thing that about him that's good is that he actually got the happy ending. He got the happiest ending. Oh, well, he yeah. got exactly oh, yeah. what he wanted he at the sure, beginning yeah, of the season. He sure did. You're so at right. least he we can sure say, did. you know, his arc is, I was sad because I was without my family, and I'm with my family now. <laughs> I'm happy So there again. we go. I, Until they need me again. Until somebody needs him again. Good Lord. <laughs> Stupid Vought Corporation and the Nazis. Uh, oh, man. I, I, I'm going to hate it when he has to get pulled back in just like how he did last He's season. He's going to give him the Michael Corleone, just when I thought I was out. It's going to happen right to everybody. Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to talk for a second about the funniest scene in this episode and maybe the series so far. This is the funniest thing, and it's the double cross butcher plays on the VOD guys. And it is so hilarious. We'll talk about which one you'd like because I'm sure that'll be good. Okay. But I want to talk about this. So, so when I realized, I I mean, I I realized like the split second before I came out, which I think you're supposed to. So it's really good, really good timing, really good written, really good staging, really good direction. And you're like, oh shit, it's going to look like the VOD people did this. And then Homer just shows up and closes the door. Like, why, why did he do that? He did not need to close that door. He did it just because he wanted them to know they were fucked. Like they, you know what I mean? Like that's a like you know as soon as Homelander yeah, shows up, like what's yeah. gonna happen? And he just goes, hmm. Right. Just because he's got a twist. Because <laughs> he know he knows there's something to the psychology of all this. Like he he yeah. he's one of those guys like that. He would have been like a Bronze Age conqueror. Would have been. He's got that. Like they gave him that mentality, but it's not Bronze Age tactics don't work here because you can't make people do stuff anymore. Right, right, right. Well, Homelander's simple, but he's not that simple. <laughs> that whole zap right in half, and he's like, hmm. <laughs> like, they're just standing there like they all got like their hands caught in the cookie jar, and then that stupid radio. Yeah. Where's the yeah. boy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, hey, that was that was pretty hilarious. But, what were you um, thinking yeah, I was yeah, say? Oh, no, hey, I'm, that, the very end of the episode where he's just, you know. Uh, uh, <laughs> I can do anything I want. Spewing his stuff all over New York City and everything because you know he just has to get himself off, you know, <laughs> to the people of the land. You know, he's so full of himself. He has to... even this is a gift to society. My genetic material is a gift to society. I mean, good lord, standing on top of a skyscraper. We 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 get a serious scene, a montage or a pseudo montage of um of of um, butcher and the um, kid, you know, saying their goodbyes and everything. Oh, I also love the um the 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 um the the little saying that um Billy, oh, yeah. you know, talked about. What 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 did I tell you not to? Uh, uh, yeah, what what did, what did we learn? <laughs> how, how not to be a cunt? <laughs> good boy, That's good boy. Right. That's right. <laughs> That's my boy. No, but um, so we so we get like a heartfelt scene with them two and everything, and then we get like the um montage with you know MM and Frenchie and everything going off dancing and stuff, and then of course we get the Homelander just you know just jacking off to New York and everything, just saying that he he you know it, the the guy needs his love you know, and this is where we're talking about Homelander yeah. just being super simple, not complicated. He's just he wants he, one he, he, thing. He's a one-track mind guy, right? And once again, instead of he's not thinking about races, he's not thinking about not, he's not thinking about holding off army. He's just he's not thinking he's about not, saving he's people. Not he's not thinking thing. about stopping wars. That's, he's not st- thinking it. about that's, feeding people that are hungry. Right. He's not thinking yeah. about you know getting us off the planet. He's not thinking about ending global warming. He's not nope. thinking about doing the things that would make humanity actually mm-hmm. love him. He is thinking about <laughs> self pleasure. The only thing that matters to him is his own uh-huh. self approval, and Thanks. that is yeah. 
Onanism at its most pure. Yeah, yeah, simplistic. I mean, you don't. It's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. And in this case, it's a literal. It's literally masturbatory instead of it being like Batman up there going like, "I am the knight and I will destroy my enemies of crime," which is which is like allegorically masturbatory. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's what you would see in like a Dark Knight film and everything, or a comic book panel and everything. You know, Batman against the moon and everything. You know, spouting off this thing. (laughs) <laughs> but 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 yet and still we get Homelander against the moon just jacking off in front of New York. What is that line from that that Robert Pattinson? What are you? Vengeance, right? Like that's what he's up there. <laughs> what are you doing? It's vengeance up here. <laughs> yeah, they used the they used the I Batman one too many times, so they had to think of something else. <laughs> vengeance. I am a knight. I right, am so- a little bit. I'm a little bit lonely. Honestly, up here. <laughs> oh man! I, uh, yes, I I, I want to say this. You know, shout out to uh, to German uh, German one, two, and three at the Lindsay School in uh, the turn of the century. I I understood because it was so slow. A lot of the stuff okay, she was saying. So she's talking she about uh-huh. that apple orchard on along okay. a river, the Fluss off Deutschland, and Apfelbaum means apple tree. So the apple uh-huh. bound means the apple trees. I can see the okay. apple trees. I can see the leaves. That's pretty much what she's saying, right? So uh, thank you, Herr Schooler, and okay. the rest of my okay. German cadre. Great. We learned something. We learned okay. something today. And it's that if you say something in German, it sounds like the angry an angry person saying it in English. So <laughs> apple tree. Apfelbaum, right? It's just... So, so, so we know Holmes is us, Homeland. We know Stormfront isn't dead. Right. So, but her arc is pretty much finished for what she's for, for what she's done this season. For, so it's kind of hard to imagine, you know, how um, I was going to develop with, you know, if she's coming don't back. Don't forget, next she's a Nazi scientist. I mean, let's start first of all. She's a Nazi. She's doing experiments, so she's not dead. She's stumpy. Prosthetics are coming back, right? Yeah. I mean, you know. Uh, I, I could see that coming back, or it's some sort of incapacitated hellish, like hellscape. I think, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the showrunner was talking about how the idea is that for, she won't die for a really long time, but she'll be mutilated. And, you know, one of the, yeah. one of the things that, you know, we talk a lot about the, uh, the racial stuff with Nazis. But one of the other things about Nazis, and this is something we saw at the beginning of this season with Homelander, is that they do not like the infirm at all. <laughs> not super huge fans even the people that would like lose limbs and like on the eastern front they would sort of be like yeah get in the back of the picture <laughs> you know what i mean so, right. so that's gonna be a super huge like uh, a super change plus she's been beaten i mean all of national socialism yeah. is about social darwinism and the strong surviving and our country is stronger than your country and so yeah. we're gonna invade yeah. it well look she got beat by a kid Hey, she she has to do everything in her power to try to get herself back mm-hmm. to looking perfect. You and know. let's also um, shout out to Gohan from Dragon Ball Z for showing up <laughs> in this, for getting all mad someone's messing with his parent and just flipping out and hurting everybody. I mean, that, great, always great to see Dragon Ball Z show up in this show. I love that. Right, my favorite right. Thing. <laughs> it happened more than once, by the way, in that show. So check it out. That's a good show that we're not covering. Oh, we, we didn't even go into um the beginning of the episode where oh, we yeah. had Law. Law. Wow. <laughs> What, 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 what was it? Was it lock your doors, arm yourself, and, wait, and then wait, wait for, for a hero? Wait for Homelander. Yeah, yeah. Wait for Homelander. <laughs> wait your for Homelander. your <laughs> teacher will have a gun. It will have a plenty of bullets. Will they work against this super? No. no. They will not. They will most likely get other people's shots. If, hey, hey, hey. If masks are out there to make people feel, um, the, to sort of placate, you know, as it uses like a, a blanket, okay. you know, to um, help them pacify themselves, then these guns that they have, which is ironically this really pretty much the same thing, these guns who don't work against supervillains or superheroes for that matter and everything, um, it's just there to pacify them. So <laughs> in the same in instance. much the same way that putting more guns into a situation doesn't mean there are gonna be less shots fired, right? Like you can't put more <laughs> You know what I mean? Like if I'm in, if I'm looking at a situation and I'm like uh, you know, homi- like Joe Kenda, homicide hunter or whatever. And I'm looking at it in the aftermath, and I'm like, I'm never going to be like, you know, I wish there were more guns involved. If there were more guns here in this bar shooting, we'd be in a much better place. It just never happens. So if you give the teachers guns, first of all, it's a threat they can't do anything about with the gun. They're much more likely to hurt themselves. And honestly, and I have to say, this is the artist's intention, so I'm going to say it. 
They're mm-hmm. saying this is the same thing with school. Arming teachers for school shootings is absurd for the same reason, right? Again, mm-hmm. a, a very smart, prescient political allegory. We haven't had a lot of talk about school shootings lately because there's been no, no school, school because we're not even <laughs> no a good we're not even doing a good enough job as a society to get to have school shootings. I want to say I want to say that again <laughs> because I think that's really important to say about 2020 is that I'm thinking to myself, you know, watching this show like it's been a long time since there's been a school shooting all of it's a sudden. It's been a long time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So that's how that's how messed up stuff is <laughs> in our reality. Is that up we're is thinking down, down is up yeah. and we're right, left, left is we're thinking is... So we're watching this season and we're thinking like, man, it's been a long time since there's been a, a school shooting and we're not thinking about that in a positive way and we're thinking, Oh, this fascist imagery is a little bit light. I could really pick that up. <laughs> and they had a literal yeah. Nazi in the show. Like you know what I mean? Like I I I acknowledge that they had a literal actual Nazi on the show. And they could have laid it on a little thicker <laughs> with the fascist imagery versus just versus what we're all used to now, right? Like the pot's gotten a little hotter as far as yeah, that goes. Pretty much, pretty much. All right, mm. so we are at an hour. We're about at an okay. hour here, and that and yeah, that we're, means we're that right, we're right there. It's, it's, uh, um, we we cover a lot of ground there, everything. Everything. I I can't think of anything else. The the episode was great. Mm-hmm. You know, the season was great. Yeah. Better, um, a great a great a great graduation from the first season. And it, like you said, um, just to round everything off, um, it went there. It went um, as far as the things it chose to tackle, you know, for the season. It graduated to a level of I didn't really even think um, this type of show would be able to do. And I'm glad it went there. It gave us a lot to talk about. I'm glad Amazon Prime did not put it all down at one time. Mm-hmm. You know, it would the anticipation of seeing this show like on Thursday nights for real, for real. Yep. You know, they say it premiered on Friday, but actually it was Thursday nights where they ended up premiering. It's a at least in my secret, right there. Exactly. Um, the 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 way that um, this season just developed into something more that it can be in the zeitgeist of being talked about was a great thing. Uh, in this one episode, I've I've talked about you know uh, Athens. I've talked about. You know, Alexander the Great. I've talked about Hercules. I've talked about Superman. I've talked about Batman. Uh, this is the type of art where the reference, and none of that sounded, I hope none of it sounded insane. But this show is pulling together these these great references. And, and one of the things about postmodernism is it's all pastiche, where it takes all these influences and sort of creates something of its own, you know, horrific, you know, Cronenberg style design. Yeah. Uh, this show in the way that it's brought depth to the universe by introducing characters like love sausage and Cindy, you know, it's, it's really given itself this third dimension where you're like, wow, I've only seen so little of what there is. And, you know, like I said, we name dropped it last week. The show that this show reminds me of as it moves forward is the wire, because until you can see how everything fits together, it doesn't make sense until you can Mm -hmm. rattle people's names off until you can see there's sort all of the, the crystal. All the, all the pieces matter. All the pieces matter, the as they say. All the pieces matter. And we were talking about the um, the montage here at the end. And I was reminded mm-hmm. of the montage at the end of season two of The Wire, mm-hmm. where they use the uh, season one theme song, which is um, When You Walk in the Garden, I think it's what it's called. And, but no, that wasn't in season two. That was in season six. That was in season, well, yeah. that was one at the end, too. But I'm thinking of this 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 montage where Nikki's just like, a, you know, yeah. Nikki's mm-hmm. like season two and Nikki's yeah. all upset because Ziggy just got arrested. And that's all. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but that's but this is the this is how good the boys is. Right. I'm comparing right. it to a show that I have that yeah. sort of recall. Oh, yeah. The, with the greatest show of all time. And so you know. it has mm-hmm. the the ability to entertain and do so in this uproarious raucous way that is was never possible before now so it is right. in itself you know one uh, an a, accomplishment an accomplishment and a meditation on our popular culture and our yeah. society in so many prescient ways that it makes me right. feel like it is just a dangerous show it's dangerous because it's so smart and it's dangerous yes. because it's lampooning us so directly that it's right. hitting us I mean, mm-hmm. and people that, I mean, it's directly lampooning people that I feel like I know personally. I feel like these mm-hmm. characters, yeah. these people, yeah. the yeah. people that are protesting Vought, the people that are watching TV, the people that are, you know, sitting in rapt attention for a congressional hearing for some reason. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, I feel yeah. like the anxiety of this world is a mirror to the anxiety of ours. And when I watch this show, I am mm-hmm. terrified every single instant 
then I'm going to hear a sonic boom and all of a sudden home meter is going to drop in because he could literally at any time. He he said he could. And this, you know, if it was if it wasn't for the fact that he wants to be loved and everything, I mean, you know, whew, thank God for and that, this right? This show is so brilliant because what they've done is they've created a villain whose weakness is love, and it is <laughs> something else. Something else. That is a great way <laughs> to cap this off. I mean, we've man. been talking about like he can't see through zinc, right? Because they put translucent like uh, right, skin in the right. thing. So he can't uh, see through zinc, and he uh, also can't bear the thought of life sans mm-hmm. adulation. Adulation, yeah. Yeah, it's got to have it. Yep, yep. Kind of seeing that play out in the real life right now. So, <laughs> yeah, some, people some people are people standing really up on balconies, stuff. doing masturbatory things in the real world, <laughs> taking, removing their masks and showing us who they really are. Desperately trying to hold on to power as long as possible. And hopefully, you know. not too much longer is possible. All right. All right. So we, well, that's a, you know, you look up the look up the date we did this if you're curious. <laughs> hashtag hate Sam. Hashtag hate hitch. Hate hitch. Hate hitch. Hate hitch. Throw that out. Hashtag DP too. You know, yeah. if you um if you're feeling you know frosty and everything. DP doesn't so. say as many hate worthy things as me. I'm a hate. I'm a guy. <laughs> All right. Well, that's. That's what I got. Before we leave, again, once again, thank you for joining us for Nerds Talk About the Boys. This is our first season covering the boys. You know, we've been doing other shows, and uh, we hope you'll look at our catalog and um, check that out and follow us. And uh, join us for our next project, which will be season two of The Mandalorian. Our show is Mm -hmm. called Carbonite Bounty BS, and we are going to do a series again um cast is gonna come back as we had last year so we're yep. we're super excited about that check that we're out bringing back ken and tony so look for we a look preview for guys seeing us preview yes we will soon. give you a give you a preview and everything so yep 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 all yep. right so that's the boys can't wait that's the boys everybody word nerd cyclopedia right. follow us check out our website and i'm dp and i'm hitch and we just fucking talked about the boys we'll see you later Encyclopedia.